G'day one. G'day one and g'day all. Welcome to another broadcast on Strange Days. Today we are going to go into the topic of Antarctica, the South Pole region. There's no doubt about it. I'm going to give some facts up front and then we'll go into a little bit of woohoo here and there. Firstly, through some so-called facts of Antarctica. It's the coldest, windiest, driest continent on the planet. And researchers are still discovering many of its secrets to this very day. The coldest temperature ever recorded was minus 128.56 degrees Fahrenheit, in brackets, minus 89.2 Celsius registered on July the 21st 1983 at Antarctica's Vostok station the dry valleys of Antarctica are the driest place on earth with low humidity and almost no snow or ice cover The Antarctica ice sheet is the largest single mass of ice on Earth. Roughly 98% of the Antarctica is apparently covered in ice. Antarctica is home to about 60% of the planet's freshwater and 90% of its freshwater ice. If the West Antarctica ice sheet melted entirely, it would raise global average sea levels by 16 feet, 5 metres, according to some researchers. The average thickness of the Antarctic ice is about 1.3 miles or 2.1 kilometres, including its islands and detached floating plains of ice. Antarctica has an area of roughly... 5.4 million square miles, which is 14 million square kilometers, about one and a half times the size of the United States. The largest of Antarctica's ice shelves, floating tongues of ice, also known, is the Ross Ice Shelf, which measures some 182,000 square miles. <coughs> Antarctica's um, Cambersive Mountains are a range of steep peaks and they rise to nearly 9,000 feet, which is 3,000 meters, and stretches 750 miles across the interior of the continent and are completely buried up to 15,700 feet of ice. Also hidden among or under the Antarctic is an entire lake. It's called Lake Vosko. V-O-S-T-O-K. 
It's a pristine freshwater lake buried beneath 2.5 miles of solid ice. It is also about the size of Lake Ontario and is the largest of more than 200 liquid lake strewn across the continent under the ice. A rift that could rival the Grand Canyon was discovered beneath the Antarctic ice during an expedition conducted during 2009-10. It is roughly 6 miles or 10 kilometers across and at least 62 miles roughly 100 kilometers long, possibly far longer if it extends into the sea. It extends nearly a mile down, 1.5 kilometers at its depth. The Transantarctic Mountains divide the continent into east and west sections, a 2,000 mile long and trans Transantarctic range is one of the longest mountain ranges on Earth. The highest point of Antarctica is the Vinzen Massif at 16,000 feet. Antarctica is home to Mount Erebus, the southernmost active volcano on the planet and home to some of Earth's only long-lived lava lakes. The existence of Antarctica was unknown to the Westerns until the continent was first spotted apparently in 1820. Although this continent in my own studies is also on the Paris map that goes back to the 1500s. To be a continent, not just a group of islands. Norwegian explorer Ronald Amundsen was the first human to reach the South Pole. He beat out English explorers Robert Falcon and Scott by arriving on December the 14th, 1911 and planted the Norwegian flag. The Antarctica Treaty was signed on December the 1st, 1959 after more than a year of secret negotiations by 12 countries. It dedicated the continent to peaceful research activities. 48 nations have now signed the treaty. Nearly 30 countries operate more than 80 research stations around the continent, according to the 2009 numbers from the Council of Managers of Antarctic Programs. There is a year-round presence of research on the Antarctic, peaking at more than 5,000 in the prime summer research season and falling around uh, 1,000 in the winter. Uh, thanks for the likes, I appreciate it. Welcome all. <clears throat> In January 1979, Emil Marco Palmer became the first child born on the southernmost continent. Argentinians sent um, Palmer's pregnant mother to Antarctica in an effort to claim a portion of the continent. More have been born since. British explorer and um, meteorologist Mr. F. Um, Aston was the first person ever to ski across Antarctica, powered only by human muscle. She travelled 1,084 mile, 1, miles in 59 days between 11 and 2012. <clears throat> what the Antarctic, like the Arctic, I mean, to the, to the north, most of Antarctica is completely dark during the regions of winter months because of the Earth's tilt. 
During the astral winter, the sun disappears below the horizon for the duration of winter for the autumnal to the vernal equinox. During the summer months, when the sun is constantly above the horizon, more sunlight reaches the surface at the South Pole than over a similar period of time at the equator, according to the CIA World Facebook or Factbook. Penguins are the most common bird in Antarctica and live in colonies with populations that would rival some cities, according to the British Arctic Survey. The male emperor penguin is the only warm-blooded animal that remains on the Antarctic continent through the winter. It stays to nest on a single egg laid by its mate. The female spends nine weeks at sea and returns in time for the eggs to hatch. The soil is almost extremely cold desert of Antarctica at the least diverse inhabitants of Earth. It terms fauna according to the British Arctic Survey. There are no trees apparently or shrubs on Antarctica, so they say, and only two species of flowering plants found on some Antarctica surrounding islands and on the Antarctica's peninsula, according to the British Antarctic Survey. The Antarctica Peninsula, which um, just it's just out into winter, sorry, out in the out in the warmer waters north of the Antarctica, has warmed five degrees since 1950, according to the U.S. National Snow and Ice Data Center. Around 87% of the Antarctica's peninsula's glaciers are in retreat. Marine biologist David Mc Clint Tock told NPR in 2019. Alright, so that's a little quick overview of the Antarctica. Now let's go into a little bit of the woohoo sides and other aspects that's been brought up about Antarctica. We'll dwelve over here into this little folder and we shall bring up a I've got this six-minute commentary, I guess you could call it, straight off the bat. Yeah, we'll try and do this one, I think. Yep. Am I coming through? Uh, it's not coming through. That's it. It's coming through now. Yeah, so next on my list now is a little bit of a bit of a woohoo sort of theories about Antarctica and some of the shenanigans that are being involved or have been involved down there for quite some time. Okay, this is from R&R Report, so this is going to be the first one here. I'm going to play this for about six or seven minutes. It's going to take a minute to load here and there because the internet is running absolutely crap at the moment, being a weekend here, which it usually does. During World War II, the... It doesn't matter what I do to pause it or, or anything. If it doesn't load, I'm just going to go to the next one and hopefully I can come back and load this little sucker. All right, it's just going to delay it. I'm not doing it. We'll go to the next one, see if this one loads. 
this one is actually from where are we get a hydro um this is raytheon whistleblower apparently it says directed energy weapons capable of starting an earthquake or earthquakes are running in the antarctica this is a fairly recent one of a whistleblower from the sort of neck of the woods give you a bit of insight of the shenanigans that might be going on down in the antarctica as a plumber to go to Raytheon, then they upgrade you to Firefight. You have access to pretty much everything while you're there uh, in Antarctica. For the average person that, you know, when you think about Antarctica, this is kind of where I go to. You know, fun facts and strange facts about Antarctica, okay? It's a desert, driest continent on the planet. Uh, very few people live there, 140 permanent residents. It was discovered recently in 1820 by Russian expedition uh, no country owns it. It wasn't named until 1890s. Mostly ice, 90%. Holds most of most of the world's fresh water, 60 to 90%. It used to be as warm as Melbourne. Years ago, 40, 50 million years ago, 63 degrees Fahrenheit. Right now it's 128 degrees minus 120 degrees Fahrenheit, give or take. No time zone. Uh, this one's going to do it again, but there's looks the like... only way you can go is north, has active volcanoes, subglacial lake that flows blood red, uh, diamond dust floats. Even back in the days, Hitler was fascinated by Antarctica, where he had a passion for the occult and he was searching for something in Antarctica. The Nazi Germany's built a station in Antarctica. I'll just pause it for a second while it um, revives a bit. Um, yeah, there's one that was also brought up about the ice there. The they call it blue sky ice, I think they call it. And I have a problem with it. It's some sort of weird freaking fucking thing that it does, you know. It's, um, they try and dig, dig holes through it, but they sort of self-seal um, themselves. I'm not sure if I've got that to count on here, um, but I don't think I've got it. But there is a, a bit of a talk about blue um, sky ice. But I don't think he delves right into that aspect of where it concaves in itself. Like, um, virtually like an organic matter, you know. It's just like, I've got a hole here, I've got to seal myself up sort of aspect. Very, very strange stuff. However, it was abandoned some 70-something years ago. So, they offer you a job to go to Antarctica. One, how do they find you? What were they asking you to do? What was your job description? And what did you find when you went there? I found them. Because the economy, I found them. I found yeah. them. The economy had tanked so poorly that my business was not doing well, and I was reaching out to find out what was going on. You're living in New York at the time. I was living on Long Island at okay. the time. Okay, They were literally the only person on the planet that would cut me a check at that point. Why is that? Just the economy. Okay, I, I was putting out applications and getting no response. This is post two thousand eight, two thousand nine. Market yes, tanks thirty eight percent. Yes, sir. Tough times. Economy's bad. Got it. Correct. I had two children to feed and was going to take any contract from anyone that was going to cut me a check. I absolutely did not want to go to the South Pole Station. I did not want to spend a winter there. I did not believe you could have functioning plumbing. As a plumbing and heating specialist, I thought this was all like a joke. I couldn't believe what was going on, but I was going to go take the check. Just, I had no fondness for Raytheon. I did a short stint after high school. The United States Submarine Service. I learned what Raytheon is really about, which is killing people. 
They love making weapons. I mean, that's their bread and butter. So I was pensive about being employed directly by them, and I went regardless. I kept my eyes and ears open. I was like a sponge the entire time that I was there. I knew that they had to be lying about something if Raytheon was involved. And um, lo and behold, after quite a few years, I figured out, you know, what was really going on. So while you're so while you're taking the job, you're skeptical about them, but because you need the income, you're willing to take the job because I got to take care of my family, my two kids. That's kind of what your mindset is. Yes, sir. Okay, so now you go there. Um, what do you see? What was it like? Where were you living? What was your days looking like? Sleep pattern, work, you know, climate. How did you adjust to it? Was family back in town? Kind of give us a little bit of that. When I first showed up to Antarctica, it was the summer season. And we were staying in what are called James Ways, which are these Korean War era tents that I was assured that the one that I was sleeping in had probably gotten more shelled than any other tent through the whole entire mm -hmm. Korean War tobacco. Um, it was very cold. When I landed, I think it was minus 50 degrees Fahrenheit. And the environment, I would say, right off the bat, was obviously probably one of the most compartmentalized facilities that I had ever shown up to. And I, I knew it was going to be a trip trying to figure out what was really going on. The science folk there, which I've seen this in other facilities as well, they are very egocentric, very easy to, to you know, rub the back of a scientist, say you're doing a great job, you're going to save the world, everything here is to support what you're doing. But I started noticing that every scientist was saying the same story to me. You know, every time I would take the key, open the door, walk into a compartment, discuss with them what they were doing in there, I kept hearing, you know, this is the most important work at the facility. Everybody here is to support what I'm doing. I said, oh, okay. I hear you loud and clear. When I go to the next room, I'd hear the same thing. And I started to paint this picture in my own head that everybody here is bamboozled. Nobody here has a clue what's actually going on, but they sure believe that they're the most important thing here. So what was actually going on? What do you think was actually going on? Directed energy weapons platforms operating under the full... Right. I'll try and get back into the other one, I reckon. Let's see if this one's... Most working. pretenses of science. Oh. That's what's actually going on at the South Pole Station. There are technology. This one might have loaded. Both of them had trouble actually loading. That's the weird thing about it. And they're still doing it again. I don't have enough memory to save the bloody thing. No. We'll go into this one. We've done the facts. We've done a fact check about the old Antarctic. There's a lot of different ones that I've come across as well. Um, these are going to be too lengthy to actually talk about, of course. But um, there's one on YouTube. It's called Antarctica and the Land Beyond. Worlds Beyond the Poles. That's a really good um, look at Antarctica. The, this one's on YouTube as well. It's called More Land and More Life on the Flat Earth. 
an interesting perspective about a flat earth environment. There's another good one is on DuckDuckGo. It's worlds beyond the poles, physical continuity of the universe by F. Amandio Gianni. Another one on YouTube is More Lands Beyond the Poles. Another one on BoobTube, Antarctica and the Land Beyond, Worlds Beyond the Poles. There's one on BitChute called This Will Wake Up a Lot of People. Admiral Richard Byrd, Government Lies Exposed. And um, another one about Admiral Byrd, which I've got a, a thing to bring up about him coming up anyway. So, which I'll play on here. Um, okay. Antarctica Disclosure Library is another good one. And it goes on. Many, many different references to Antarctica. Isaiah 40.22 It is he who sits above the circle of the earth and its inhabitants are like grasshoppers who stretched out the heavens like a curtain and spreads them like a tent of dwelling. A tent of dwelling for sure. Now this one might like Antarctica isn't what you think. This is under the title of the forbidden land. Why can't we go there? What are the secrets hidden from us in Antarctica? And does the 24-hour sun in the south really exist? All these sort of different aspects and theories. Let's see if this little sucker loads. Yeah, I can't, um, I can't do anything better than if I can't. Only working with the internet at the moment. I've had no file storage to actually save the files. And it looks like the little sucker ain't going to load. Raytheon is an aerospace company that provides advanced systems. Okay, so this is the Raytheon one I was thinking of earlier. This is um, a whistleblower says Antarctica is hiding weapons pretty much in correlation with the other one that I just put up before. And ...services for commercial, military, and government customers worldwide. Probed for corruption in government contracting since 1980s. You were in the South Pole from 2010 to 2011. What were you doing down there? I was contracted for the summer season as a plumber. I was a lead on the firefighting team, and because of that dual role capacity, I physically held a key that opened every single door in the facility. I had complete access to every compartment they manufactured. What are you blowing the whistle on? That there are technologies at the South Pole Station that people can't even consider that exist on this planet. Like what? Directed energy weapon systems is something that people need to get in their vocabulary fast. The ice cube neutrino detector is not simply a passive listening device as presented. It also has the capacity to transmit um, embedded in the ice what are called digital optical modules, DOMs. They're about the size of a basketball. The embedded in the ice is one kilometer by one kilometer by one kilometer. It is the world's largest telescope. And now because we have proven that it can transmit, it's the world's largest directed energy weapon system. Hmm. Bit of a worry, isn't it, really, when you think about it? A bit of a damn worry. I've got a second one that I've put up here.
from the one that I was trying to play, this one might load actually. Sometimes it's like a ghost, it's really weird. It's like it's trying to get back to the server that I've saved it from or something. <laughs> During world, yeah, damn it! It's a shame this one. I really wanted to play this. It's a goes back to World War Two and the Germany occupation of Antarctica. That conspiracy rabbit hole. Or two, the Nazis' most classified project was known as Die Glock, the Bell. You little bugger! There's not much I can damn well do about it. And he goes for six minutes, not even worth producing on a on a show on its own, but it's interesting nonetheless. Secret documents found years later reveal that the bell was a new kind of exotic energy technology. That's not gonna do it. Stupid internet. Stupid bloody internet. Yeah, so much for your five G, that's doing really well, isn't it? <clears throat> Eight of the largest ice freshwater zones in Australia, or well, in Antarctica. So these are the eight of the larger ice free warm zones. You've got, um, it's called McMurdo Dry Valleys. It's approximately 4,900 kilometres. You've got the, um, the Cape Allet, northern Victoria land. You've got the Bunga Hills, which is approximately 950 kilometres. The Home Bay, you've also got Westfold Hills, which is approximately 42 kilometres square. And you've got um, Still, Stillwell Hills, which is approximately 96 kilometres squared. And you've got the, it's called the Shit. Shumasha Oasis, which is approximately 32 or 34 kilometers square. It is said to be a rare footage from an unknown private film collection of places of Antarctica, which I cannot show here. It involves some extraordinary pictures, there's no doubt about it relating actually back to the Egyptian era. While exploring Queen Maryland and Wikesland, Antarctica during Operation High Jump in 1946-47, Admiral Byrd's pilot spots an ice-free region with beautiful lakes. Byrd and his team landed on one of these lakes, noted for their beauty, warmth and surrounding rolling hills and calm winds. Today, this ice-free warm zone is known as Bunga Hills, named after Byron's pilot. Goes for one minute. Let's see if this old sucker loads here. Small glimpse of what is beyond the ice walls. Bunga leans forward in amazement. His eyes have caught a sudden and unbelievable change in scenery. The universal white has turned to chocolate brown dotted with blue. A cameraman goes into action. 300 square miles of land without snow. Land that might be in New Mexico or Arizona. 
pictures alone will prove Bunger has discovered a warm oasis in the shadow of the pole. It is for such supreme moments as this that men brave the hardships of exploration. The astounding, undreamed-of fact is that they are over a chain of warm water lakes whose shores, except for small patches, are free of ice and snow. Commander Bunger circles the largest lake in sight, five miles long. He comes in to make a landing. Water temperatures must be recorded. Sample is taken. He finds the water fresh. The temperature 38 degrees Fahrenheit. On the shores are vast deposits of coal and of minerals of the utmost importance to civilization. Aside from their headline discovery, Bunger and his men have another good reason. Hmm. Not all just ice, guys. Not all just ice. This is an excellent short video. It's Admiral Admiral Bird, um, Billy Maurice, Zachariah Stitchin, and Eric Bin Denikin were among the recruits by the Illuminati and the Brill Society to push their alien agenda. An interesting note on Thor's hammer I wasn't aware of. The Bush's Nazi history is also examined during this little presentation. Let's have a listen to these. I don't know if I've got the whole audio here. I've got some bits You can see pieces. where Sitchin received most of his information for his false interpretation of Sumerian. He was given this information from the Vril Society when the Rockefellers, Roosevelt's, Rothschilds, and German royalty decided to create their alien agenda. They mentored Sitchin, Rail, and Billy Myers and Eric von Däniken. Now that the Fourth Reich is well on its way to the NWO, Germany controls the crown of Britain, Israel, under a false Zionism run by Hazar Jews the Vatican where the Jesuits of Germany have full control, and Germany controls all the money of the EU. Germany never stopped fighting the war, they literally went underground, the black nobility, or Aryan race believe that they are superior beings from anywhere but Earth, but they are enslaved here and have never left, they have spent generations underground fomenting their plans from the bowels of the Antarctic. Now that one wasn't an actual presentation. No, I thought I had the whole thing here. This might be the one. But they are enslaved here and have never left. They have spent generations underground fomenting their plans from the bowels of the earth. And they had tails like unto scorpions, and there were stings in their tails, and their power was to hurt men five months. 11 and they had a king over them, which is the angel of the bottomless pit, whose name in the Hebrew tongue is Abaddon, but in the Greek tongue has his name Apollyon. 12 one woe is past, and, behold, there come two woes more hereafter. Revelations, 9-11 Revelations makes it clear that the Nazis of Germany are still fighting a world war, they have fashioned great weapons and flying machines while underground and they are waiting for the right moment to swarm the earth and take over the planet and implement the NWL. If you understand what is going on, then you will understand how Prescott Bush, George Herbert Walker Bush, and George W. Bush all had a hand in giving Germany power here in America, through the creation of the Central Intelligence Agency. Remember Prescott Bush was given an incredible amount of Nazi money, and he started the CIA. His son was head of the CIA, and the first order of the day after World War II was to bring Project Paperclip to the United States. 
the Bushes who are originally from Germany, have an inordinate amount of power in the U.S. Prescott was member of Skull and Bones, and the Thule Society of Germany, which later became the Vrills. The Thule Society was a cover name adopted by Rudolf von Sebatenderf, an alias of Adam Alfred Rudolf Glower, a post-WWI occultist who had influenced many members of the NSGWP, National Socialist German Workers' Party. He used this cover name for his Munich Lodge R of the Holy Grail at its formal dedication on August 18, 1918. The term Thule or Ultima Thule is in a place, usually an island. Ancient European descriptions and maps located either in the far north, often northern Great Britain, or Scandinavia. In the late Middle Ages and Renaissance, in the west and north, often Iceland, or Greenland, but it moved much further south to Antarctica. Ultima Thule is located beyond the borders of the known world, and some people use Ultima Thule as the Latin name for Greenland, the American Air Force Base is still called Thule. Now the term Thule is based on Nordic language meaning clear or pure. Thousands of Germans were a member of the Thule Company. The organization itself was formed as a branch of Freemasonry. The swastika stolen from Tibet was their emblem. The Vril Society was the inner circle of the Thule Society. All German flying saucers or VS were financed by the Union Banking Corporation, when Prescott Bush was on the board of this bank together with his father-in-law. UBC was dissolved in 1951. For it, Prescott was reimbursed $1,500,000. These supposed assets were later used to launch Bush family investments in the Texas energy industry. The Illuminati, the Vril Society, the Monarchy of England and the Papacy have all been part of this great conspiracy to overthrow all existing governments, and to create a one-world government based on German nobility, except they don't want to be just Germans, they are Vrils, like God, and people like Billy Meyer S. and Rail, have had contact with them, and they are wonderful, they are the Elohim, they created us, or so they want everyone to believe. Lucifer is portrayed as an angel of light, and he is in utter darkness, his minions are below, they are demons, they are goblins, they are waiting in the darkest corners of the abyss to attack. The crazy side. Hey? What's going on down there, guys? What is going on down there? <clears throat> Vladimir Putin, i.e. and with Tucker Carlson, Will Comrade Vlad expose the secret Antarctica? Antarctica is set aside under the Antarctica Treaty as a continent for peace, science and international collaboration. It is a strategic theatre in which Australian national interests directly intersect and engage with Russian nationals' interests. Russia and Australia are the two of the 12 original signatories to the treaty and hold equal standing in the consensus-based operation of Antarctica Treaty System, the ATS. Each has a substantial um, permanent research presence in the Australian Antarctic Treaty, the AAT, and both proudly promote their Antarctic identity. 
Is Antarctica concealing a secret? Beneath the surface of what we're told, the Earth's expanse may exceed our understanding. Enter the mystery of Summa Gate, or Summer Gate, a pathway to the unknown. The theory suggests other worlds remain hidden to keep us confined within the inner continents like captives in a prison. As summer or summer unfolds in Antarctica, ice supposedly reveals a passage allowing ships to navigate to open seas and discover undisclosed lands. Why do planes avoid Antarctica and why are ordinary explorers forbidden from unveiling its secrets? The Antarctica Enigma. This one goes a bit into the blue ice thing that I brought up a bit earlier as well. This is interesting. Yeah, it loads. Y'all really, y'all really want to know what they're doing in Antarctica and about the firmament and everything? They're mining sky eyes. Stick around. You're going to want to hear this. I'm going to post a video after this. It's going to explain it. I posted it yesterday. This is what's going on. They're mining sky ice. That's why they're in Antarctica. That's the whole deal. The firmament is made of this stuff, and I'm going to explain exactly what sky ice is. They say it's pure oxygen. That's not right. That's not true. There's there's something more to it. It's going to blow y'all's mind. Follow me for more. Stick around. I'm going, to, I'm going to start dropping stuff that I know. I've got a lot of information on this. I've been hanging on to it to protect my source. Hang around. I'm going to teach y'all something. Question of the day right here that you don't see very often for entertainment and educational purposes only. Pure speculation. So very, very few people wonder what that sky ice is made of. And I'm going to tell you, I've got a source. I can't yeah. reveal my source. I've got a lot of information, a lot of content on this. And there's been a few times that I've tried to make videos to upload this, and it okay. shuts my phone. I swear I'm going to do a video with my wife's phone of me doing this, and it shuts my phone down. I'm going to try to make it through it one more time. So I'm wording it differently. I can only put so much information into it because when I get to a certain point every time, it shuts my phone. I've never seen it do anything like that. So water is H2O, two molecules of hydrogen, one molecule of oxygen. Okay, that's a liquid. When you break it down with a, uh, you know, you can put, use electrolysis to break it down into its natural forms, which is, you know, hydrogen and oxygen. And hydrogen, they're gas at the end. So you take two gases, put them together, it makes liquid. Okay. Rewind back to the early 90s, Bob Lazar. He talked about how, and everybody thought it was a joke back then, but now that all this stuff's coming out, they're kind of bringing it back to the forefront. Oh, what do you know? What do you know? What do you know? So he talked about element 115. It's not on our periodic table. He said that's the fuel that they used in these machines, these UFOs and these craft, element 115. And, uh, you know, it creates the gravitational wave out in front. Of, just go look him up, you know, and he, you, you'll see what I'm talking about. I can't I can't go into it because I shut the, shut the video down. But anyway, that's what sky ice is made of, oxygen and element 115. <laughs> that explains, allegedly, opinion only, educational entertainment purposes. That will give you your answer of, as to why they're in Antarctica to begin with. Why are they up there? Everybody thinks there's something buried under the ice or there's, you know, it was originally Atlantis. There's all kinds of theories. Watch Transformers. <laughs> you know, there's some truth to all these movies. There's a little bit of uh, element of truth in them. They also say them. There's mountains of coal there as well. I think I've got that 
Well, I have got it here. If I get time, I'll bring that up as well. But that's why they're mining that stuff. That's what they propel all these vehicles with, free energy and everything. I'm going to give you another little nugget. Elon Musk is Nick. See, when you get into these clones and all this stuff where these people, you see these pictures back in the 1700s, 1800s of Justin Timberlake and uh, Nick Cage and uh, John Travolta. And you got one of uh, from the Facebook dudes way back when. See that they're transforming, they're transferring consciousness from body to body. We're an avatar. You don't have to be a Christian to understand this. You have a body, or you have a spirit, and so you are a spirit and a soul, and you live in a body. When you die, your anybody that believes there's an afterlife believes your consciousness and stuff goes on. So that should tell you it's possible to transfer your consciousness because that happens at death. You know. You see, guys, the biggest thing with this new world disorder. The biggest probably key in the whole thing is to keep us under a threat of um, running out of natural resources. Oil for one and all these other things, coal and, you know, we're on a limited plane or a sphere or whatever you want to class us as, where there's actually more than we, you know, it's the same with the world population, you know, what you can fit it in is virtually a state of America, one of the states that, you know, it's just incredible. It's the lies that we're told. You've only got to go on a plane and see the ape and land on your own countries to realise that we're, you know, there's a lot of bloody places out there. (laughs) And this is, I think, part of the overall thing with the Antarctica issue is that there's resources there, if not other realms or whatever class you want to put it on breakaway civilizations or civilizations even um, animals plant life just um, all sorts of other aspects pyramids that can really take him <clears throat> take it to a um, limited resource and that's what they want us to think and that with the outer lands even and other aspects of even other civilizations they would want to even keep them out through a sort of an ice wall barrier i guess you could call it which is some of the theories that have brought up um during the theories of atlanta atlantic being so you're talking about a being that's far advanced Antarctica. beyond what we are they've been around for thousands of years and that's what they do they transfer their consciousness that's why those pictures look like they look because they're transferring their DNA and stuff into these other bodies, and they're just putting in another one. Hey, James Walker, man. You know, like that uh, Jennifer Lawrence chick, you know, she's been a star in the past. I mean, that's what the Hollywood whole thing, that's what it's made of. I've got tons and tons of information on this. I just haven't, I've been hanging on to it, because I don't need a target on my back. But anyway, uh, that's what, see, I'm going to blow your mind. Elon Musk is Tesla reinvented. That's him, same guy. That's the same guy. Look at what Tesla doing. Look what Elon's doing. And see, Tesla, if you uh, research Tesla, he rebelled on him. See, he, he bowed down and took the whole thing with the, uh, you know, he, he done the whole thing that all the, you know, the stars doing everything where they sell their soul and stuff. And he seen what was going on. He's like, oh, no, I don't want to do this. He backed out and they killed him. That's what happened. That's why Einstein gets all the credit for everything Tesla did. And that's why they buried everything Tesla did. Elon is trying to tell you. He's trying to, t- that's why there's so much back and forth about Elon. Is he good? Is he bad? Is he good? Is he bad? He wears Baphomet, blah, 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 whatever. Well, he's trying to tell you, why would a man spend millions and millions of dollars on rockets and when they just bounce off over and over? He keeps doing the same thing over and over again because he's trying to wake you up. 
He can't just come out and say it because they'll kill him. He's trying to wake you up. Wake up, people. Hit them comments. Yeah, well, that's his perspective anyway of Elon. Now, this is the one, this is the Admiral Bird, um, The Secrets of Antarctica. This is, I think, the 1960s this was recorded. Let's have a listen to this. This is a really big um, piece in the in the cake. Very long. Uh, <laughs> Dad, commercial airliner, you can fly across the North Pole and drink a cocktail at the same time. You know, only three score or more years ago, about 35 years ago, our guest tonight found out whether there was any land north of the North American continent. He made that first discovery flight, and I must say that Admiral Byrd, our guest tonight, is not only our greatest living explorer, but he's been an inspiration to countless Americans. Admiral Byrd, you've been to both the North Pole and the South Pole. Is there any unexplored land left on this earth that might appeal to adventurous young Americans? Uh, yes, there is. And not up around the North Pole, because it's getting crowded up there now, because they find out it's really usable, not only to live in, but militarily. But strangely enough, there's left in the world today an area as big as the United States that's never been seen by a human being. And that's beyond the pole on the other side of the South Pole from Middle America. And it's, uh, I think it's quite astonishing that there should be an area as big as that unexplored. That's a tremendous So challenge. there's a lot of adventure left down at the bottom of the world. Well, Admiral, do you hope to see that? I do. Well, Admiral, yeah. would you say that uh, since you've been to both the extremities of Earth, are these expeditions to such far-off places, are they getting easier because of modern techniques, or is, still, is danger still close at hand? Well, it's a little risky, but nothing like it used to be with the old slow planes and the small cruising radius where we had to put down bases. We replaced the dog teams, and of course that was a big improvement. But now the planes go much faster, and they are safer, and they have a much bigger cruising radius. You haven't got the danger of a terribly heavy load. Admiral, a, an expedition to which I believe you're the advisor is now en route. Uh, what is that expedition doing? Well, that's the icebreaker APCA, and it's a reconnaissance expedition. It's going down to the South Pole area to make certain observations and to, to look for some bases. They will be back in April, and they will report back. And upon the information we get from that undertaking, uh, we will base the bigger expedition that's to follow. Uh, is that very definitely planned, or uh, is that... Uh, that is being planned right now. So I'm willing to say to you that uh, there will be a number of expeditions that will follow, I think, uh, year after year bottom of the world because the government has really become interested. Well, Admiral Byrd, I can understand. I think everybody can the interest in the North Pole because it's so near our greatest challenger, Soviet Russia. But why this interest in the bottom of the world? Nobody living down there, is there? No, it's, um, it's pretty cold. There's only one permanent resident. That's the Emperor Penguin. The little ones live further north. I tell you one reason they're interested. It's by far the most uh, valuable, important place left in the world for science. That's why the scientific groups all over the nation are really interested. But more important than that, 
It's, uh, it has to do with the future uh, of the nation, those to come after us, or even uh, during your lifetime. Because it happens to be an untouched reservoir of natural resources. And, uh, you know, as the world swings with an ever-increasing acceleration, far-flung places, once useless, like we thought the North Pole was, and no man's land, become very useful. Uh, the bottom of the world will be important, not only to us, but to our allies. Uh, does it, I was going to ask you, does it have military importance? Uh, it has some, and uh, as the world shrinks, it will continue to shrink with an ever-increasing acceleration, thus bringing these places closer. And in the future, I can see a time when it will be very, very important strategically. Well, has the development of air power increased their, the strategic importance of places like the oh, uh, very much Palmer so. Peninsula? Will say? Uh, very much so. Even now, if uh, anything happened and we uh, lost the Panama Canal, we would have to control the islands just north of Antarctica, which are part of Antarctica, and between it, there and Cape Horn. I've heard it said that uh, there are seven continents in the world, and one of them has never been seen by a woman, and that's Antarctica. Is that actually true? Well, if the power permission is an island, as far as I know, that's true. No woman's ever stepped foot upon the Antarctic continent, and it's the most peaceful place in the world. Well, I'm sure that won't <laughs> last very long. Uh, <clears throat> I understand that now that you're working with the, uh, the Arnold Bread Company in charge of frozen foods now. Is there any future for frozen foods down these frozen extremities? Well, I think the uh, human race can be helped uh, by that. Uh, this was thought out by... Dean Arnold, who's, uh, in my opinion, a great humanitarian, he uh, learned that we went down there after four or five years and finished a meal that we had left there on the table when we had evacuated Little America. Everything was perfect, including the bread. So he got the idea of this frozen bread. And already we sent some to, he sent some to Europe and just very worked very well over that with some of the starving people. That's so so you can store it down in the Antarctic and against the lean years, and you wouldn't have any people in the world really starving if you did that. So in the event of an atomic war... You stay there forever. Admiral, you speak of the resources of Antarctica. What are they? What, uh, what are the natural resources there? Well, uh, we've found enough coal yeah, within 180 miles of the South Pole in a great uh, ridge of mountains. It's not covered with snow, enough to supply the whole world for quite a while. Well, uh, that's, that's the coal. Now, there's evidence of uh, other, many other minerals. Uh, we are pretty sure there's oil. Now, that coal shows the bottom of the world. Now, by far, the coldest spot in the world. Where that coal is gets 100 below zero in the winter. Well, uh, it was once tropical. So uh, we think there's oil there, and there's evidence, probably uranium. Is it any secret? Is there uranium there? That would be the only thing that would be practical to uh, actually go after, I suppose. Everything else would be economically uh, unfeasible, wouldn't it? Well, as we recklessly expend our resources, the time will come, and we can, we'll have to go after that stuff down there. Well, you know, I, I avoided what you said about uranium. Thanks. I'm not sure about that. I don't want to have the world fight over the Antarctic. Albert, is there a competition among other nations to try to get information about uh, Antarctica and uh, possibly to secure some of these resources? Well, uh, yes. Uh, there are several nations very much interested. 
Russia is interested tremendously. That I'm sure. Australia has an expedition down there. The Argentine, the Chile, New Zealand, Britain, and so on. Now, you can understand those people down there being uh, interested because they live down there, the New Zealanders, the Argentinians, the Chileans, and uh, Australians. And so uh, we uh, we don't do much about claiming anything. Admiral, you uh, make you this sound a little crowded. Uh... I'm probably the closest to Antarctica than um, anyone actually on Podbeam, uh, well, nearly anyone that I'd know. Uh, are, are, are there that many expeditions now there or en route there? Uh, well, you know, as I said, it's the most peaceful place in the world, but I don't think it will be for long because of this intense interest on the part of uh, of other nations and this nation. Well, Admiral Berg, are yeah. private expeditions a thing of the past? Is, is expedition and exploration, making expedition and exploration now a purely a government function because uh, of the tremendous No, I don't think so. I think down south... It may be more or less a thing of the past, but not other other expeditions that go. There's a lot of them going off now. This latest expedition now on the way is a government expedition, I take it. Yes, that's the government. Mm-hmm. May I ask you, is there a great difference between the top of the world and the bottom of the world? And another weird thing, too, is that I've done a remote viewing on um, southern Tasmania, which is even closer than me to the Antarctic. And I described it like I never actually knew really anything about it, nothing. I, I don't think I even I knew about the northern and middle, but never actually thought about the south, the southern. I'm thinking, wow. And um, I described it to this lady that knew the southern part and uh, the rock, uh, everything, uh, the formations, the the actual what the rock material was made of, and all these other crazy shit trees and all these things and um that were pretty much native i didn't even know they were native in that area sort of thing so it was really really weird i've never had that experience before we just done an experiment with a friend of mine that's into a bit of woohoo stuff and said yeah i'll give it a go and i was just like tick 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 it ticks everywhere you know on the box and it was really weird. It, um, it was virtually like a, a vision and a thought that just comes to your mind, you know. Remote viewing. And uh, I went to this place and I actually felt like I, I like an aerial view, I guess. It was really, really weird shit. But anyway, back to Antarctica. He's still got another um, about four minutes left, so I'm going to continue the whole thing because it's worth hearing a whole lot of this story. This is going... I'm not sure when this was done. I know the presentation was in the 60s, I think. Uh, it was still back in black and white as well. So it's going back a few years, that's for sure. But yeah, Admiral Bird, I'll just continue him for the, until the, the duration, you know. Uh, there is. Now, uh, the North Pole is the center of an ocean 10,000 feet deep. The South Pole, the center of a plateau 10,000 feet high. The North Polar Sea is surrounded by um, continents. Uh, I, I can't remember if he goes into it, but what he just said then, what he means is that, like, it's pretty much like a concave and a con- convex sort of situation between the North and South. The South Pole is amazingly high where the North Pole is amazingly low, and I think that's where he's going with this one. 
I'm pretty sure he goes into it a little bit. The frozen. The Antarctic continent is surrounded by uh, a belt of ice, frozen seas of at least 1,200 miles thick. Now, the south is a plateau. It gets, in some places, 14,000 feet up. Uh, I've been over areas about 13,000. And it's a little bit chilly up there. So there's, a, there's that big difference between the top and bottom of the world. I don't think the north really isn't very cold up there on the Arctic Ocean. I compared it to that. I don't know, we often hear it said that our young Americans now aren't as hardy as their forefathers. Do you think that Americans do measure up to the standards, uh, the physical standards and morale standards of the past? I do. I don't believe that. I think they're just as hardy. Well, what would you say was the most uh, valuable factor on expedition? Is it uh, morale or uh, physical courage or is it uh, sheer equipment? Do you know the other thing that's fascinating is if you've got a, a mountain, say, you know, 400,000 miles, whatever, a huge mountain, why does it get colder if you're getting closer to the sun? Why does altitude get um, colder at certain levels when the, if the rays are coming from the sun, shouldn't they be hotter? You ever thought about that? That's some weird shit. Well, I've always thought that loyalty was by far the most important trait. The British told me that when I first went down 28, I couldn't possibly get through the winter night without a mutiny if I took more than 20 men. But to serve science, I had to take 42 men. Then I took 56 the next time. And so on. So it... If the moon's a reflection of the sun, why if you hold the temperature, the degrees drops behind a shadow, then putting it in the moon light? What the hell is that all about? If it's refracting sun, wouldn't you think it'd be refracting heat as well? Very interesting very strange. I did find that loyalty was the most important thing during the winter night when it's very hard on your nerves. Uh, I think that's best trait. That's a very valuable characteristic at any time. Well, thank you very much, Admiral Bird. It's been a great pleasure to have you here tonight. It's a pleasure to be with you. The opinions expressed on the Ron Chain Chronoscope were those of the speakers. The editorial board for this edition of the Lawn Chain Chronoscope was Larry LeSeur and Kenneth Crawford. Thank you, gentlemen. Our distinguished guest was Admiral Richard E. Byrd. Thank you, my distinguished guest. We will see you next time on the next interview with Admiral Byrd. There you go. Live interview with Admiral Byrd. No doubt about it. Oh, you'd be surprised what I've got going here, guys. This is what Antarctica looks like through the eyes of missing research team. And I've got a picture that I'm going to have to try and send to another platform. And it is mind-blowing. It's like these walls, like a stargate. But then again, it's like anything on this freaking planet these days. You don't know if it's doctored or not. But if it's not, it is absolutely mind-blowing. Absolutely mind-blowing. They're like little ants compared to this massive wall. Obviously, humanoid made of some sorts. It's about the lost city of the Atlanteans and the giants. Every civilization has been wiped off the face of the earth. 
Ours is the eighth civilization in existence. Shit, I don't know where that come from. Sorry, guys. I had one of those demonic moments, I think they call it. Maybe I was hit by the spirit. <clears throat> Hidden continents. At least three continents have been found. One of them is right under Antarctica. The other two are inaccessible and guarded by an army. There's some deep, deep rabbit holes. What about the entire building of a German Antarctic? Newham Mayer station is swallowed by a giant light dome. What the hell happened there that day, my friends? What the hell happened there? I had a time lapse here that showcases it seems the masses of this explosion over it like a supersonic beam it'll blow your mind what is antarctica really really what is antarctica really what about invading antarctica the secret south pole colony with robert Sepper? Operation High Jump was commanded by Rear Admiral Richard E. Byrd. Lasted six months, August 1946-47, and included 4,700 armed personnel, 13 ships, and 33 uh, aircrafts. Still classified and unofficially titled the United States Navy Antarctic developments program the convert mission was to seek out and destroy an alleged subterranean south polar colony established by germany before and during world war ii which not only harbored thousands of scientists in a semi-secret scheduled base but free energy technology and advanced propulsion you never know what you're going to hear in the conspiracy that's right lakes provide a critical habitat for an amazing array of plants and this gentleman that i'm going to share he likes to have a quick little break and it's at the hour mark so this would be good if anyone would like to duck away he wants to play his little song it goes for about two minutes so. and it's easier for me to let him play it and and let the show roll on so if anyone needs a, a breaky wakey or something like that jump up and down who knows animals now's the time establishing a viable food chain including bacteria algae plankton insects fish reptiles birds and mammals lake biodiversity varies in different parts of the earth but even though these habitats account for just over three percent of the earth's surface many of them support human life one often overlooked part of the planet which happens to have hundreds of lakes is antarctica while most of these are subglacial meaning below up to two miles of ice antarctica also has some relatively small regions 
that are clear of any ice and snow. And there's some surface lakes in these areas which were warm enough to swim and fish in. Oh, I, I forgot that I already put it up past the two minutes that he was doing. So he's already started. Yeah, there's some good info on this. Check this out. Even the lakes deep below the ice are teeming with life, such as Lake Vostok, the largest Antarctic lake, which does not get any sunlight and may have been isolated for millions of years. The reason is underwater volcanic vents eject minerals, which sustain bacteria and plankton, which besides providing food to fish and other organisms, also create oxygen another life-sustaining element which makes some of the most remote submerged parts of Antarctica theoretically habitable by humans. I say theoretically because of persistent yet officially unproven rumors that have been circulating since the alleged end of World War II that maintain many of the most technologically elite German forces did not surrender to the Allies in 1945 but survived in secret bases below the ice near the South Pole. It's relatively easy for many to dismiss this possibility because of the high degree of censorship, not only of the mainstream media, but also in Hollywood and academia, both of which also are subject to government propaganda in the name of national security. It seems logical that the subject of Antarctica remains largely classified, given the military defeat the Allies suffered in 1946 and 47, while trying to locate and eradicate any surviving colonies established by the Germans. Codenamed Operation High Jump, the United States and several Allied nations sent an armada consisting of three aircraft carriers, along with support vessels, destroyers, submarines, and 4,500 armed troops led by Admiral Byrd to Neuschwabenland, the name of the Antarctic territory annexed by nationalist Germany during the 30s. After the fall of the Soviet Union, maps have leaked into the public domain, allegedly obtained by the KGB during their capture of Berlin, which gave directions on not only how to navigate under the ice to reach these bases, but maps of subterranean habitable landmasses, which the Germans refer to as Asgard, a mythical underground oasis, which legends claim were inhabited by Nordic looking gods. As the modern field of UFOs has recently gained a degree of credibility with validation of unidentified craft by the pen going by the pictures that they look like me they're identical bloody hell i might have the god bloodline for sure I'll have to look it up tagon and disclosures of lunar and martian bases by a retired israeli official which i covered in a prior video that i'll leave a link to in the description the subject has been around for decades and was diligently covered by journalists even before the advent of the internet as we know it one such researcher was Mae Brussel, who had a radio program that broadcast from California in the 70s and 80s. And while many people will not be familiar with her work, I'd like to play an excerpt where she discusses some of the events surrounding World War II, including Admiral Byrd 
on his military invasion of the South Pole. There's a situation that has been brewing for a long, long time, and I'm going into the history down there and the predictions of Admiral Byrd in 1946 and 1947 that World War III would start down in Antarctica by the Falkland Islands with Argentine Antarctica and in that area. He knew and said in a press conference, two press conferences in Santiago, Chile in March of 1947, again in July 1947, that World War III would be set off down in that area. Well, when Admiral Byrd got home, he was met by James Forrestal, the Secretary of Defense. Uh, two years later, Forrestal was murdered, thrown out of a window at Bethesda Hospital two months after he got a Distinguished Medal from Eisenhower. Uh, Forrestal was with Admiral Byrd on consultations. Byrd went down to see if Eisenhower and the Russians were correct that Adolf Hitler was down in Antarctica building secret weapons and so forth. All of the papers of Admiral Byrd are locked up top secret to this day. They're not available of what he saw. And right after he was met by Forrestal, shortly after that, Forrestal was murdered. And I'll give you the references on some of the books on the death of Forrestal and the meeting with Admiral Byrd. First of all, the uh, Guinness Book of Records at the end of World War II the greatest unsolved robbery was at the end of the war when the Reich Bank treasury was emptied of all its money and the bank vaults in Berlin were completely emptied out and the headquarters for the World Monetary Fund in Basel, Switzerland found that they had $15 billion in circulation that shouldn't exist. There was forged money, the code name was Operation Bernhardt, there were expert forgers, and so that this is the kind of money that could finance the operations that they're describing in this book. The prelude to the operations was that the money was available and somebody was making the equipment for these people that this book is writing about and manufacturing secret weapons for the future. Now this book claims that Hitler planned far ahead to have a colony down in Antarctica. And if you buy the maps put out by National Geographic, 1957, there's a map of Hitler staking in 1939-1937 his territory in Antarctica. He sent polar expeditions out. This book says the secret Nazi expeditionary force was headed by Kapitän Reicher, R-I-T-S-C-H-E-R, and took place 1937 and 38, their first expeditions. They landed in the Queen Maud land and established bases there. They took over 11,000 photographs for map purposes and had a swastika flag dropped every 20 kilometers to substantiate the German claim that they had this land in Antarctica. It was a terrain claimed by Germany, Germany itself, for the first time, and they found warm lakes, an ice-free oasis, and an area... Uh, unexplored area before that they gave German names, the mountains and the plateaus and so forth. It was free of ice and there were warm lakes in this area and other books that I have show the drawings. Now added to the credence to these bases are the remarks of Mr. Von Ribbentrop, this book says, at the outbreak of the war, World War II, in accordance with Germany's long-range political strategy, we have taken into firm possession the Antarctic area called the new Swabia, and it will be and ensure a safe retreat in case of necessity, Mr. Ribbentrop said. 
at the beginning of World War II. And this book has maps of the bird expedition going down after the war. They said Antarctica would be an ideal place for bases. There was no rust, no germs, no illnesses or decomposition, no bacillus, no flies, no bugs, and not even a common cold would survive. It would be a perfect place to live. And they show the food and the trays for somebody like uh, Adolf Hitler, who was a vegetarian. Now, this book shows in January 1947 pictures that Admiral Byrd took of headquarters at Antarctica. Now, this book asks the question, how could all this have taken place in the 20th century without detection? Hardly, they say. What steps were taken to discover the truth? Question mark. What has been done about the secret bases, about their existence? Why did the world not hear about these incredible events? Obviously, Hitler's escape was soon discovered by others. There were statements of Stalin and Eisenhower and quoted sources, and they speculate the Nuremberg trial was staged as a, to show that they had surrounded and rounded up these particular Nazis. Washington, Moscow, and London decided that they had to go down to Antarctica to investigate what was happening. So they used the excuse of scientific work and set up a large expedition with 4,000 specially selected elite United States Navy troops with an eight-month food supply, 13 ships under the control of Admiral Byrd to make, in quotes, a scientific expedition composed of military types and no scientists. The U.S. Antarctic Battle Fleet left Norfolk, Virginia, December the 2nd, 1946, as battle groups in England and Norway also sent forces down. Churchill, and this is a statement of Winston Churchill, and this comes in later to the UFOs and the bases and the confusion of UFOs that have continued since. Churchill, at that time, spoke of the Iron Curtain in 1946-47, he said, in quotes, the Crusaders in Europe, this is a quote, killed the wrong pig, end quote. Churchill realized they should have destroyed Bolshevik Russia and not Germany. The general public was told that this was a research mission to locate uranium and to study the weather. Admiral Byrd undertook this with the armed observation camps that were set up because the pole, the South Pole, lies between us and our enemies and they considered in 1947 the enemies germany and the nazis that had gone down there during the war and after the war and that they would be trouble later and they wanted to find out uh, these were continuous enemies because they didn't believe the war was over and they went down there further questioning as to who the enemy was was asked july 7th in San Diego, Chile, of Admiral Byrd, in quotations from El Mercurio, a newspaper down there. And he said the Axis powers had been only defeated and had unconditionally surrendered, but he really realized that uh, they would rise again, and he had an interview in the paper in San Diego, Chile. It was soon learned that the scientific job, the mission, the task of observing the activities of the foreign power, Nazi Germany, in the South Pole region, was part of the activity that Admiral Byrd reported back. He wanted, in quotes, to break the last desperate resistance of Adolf Hitler. In case we find him inside his new Schwabenland in the Queen Maudland region, we will destroy him. And there were Spanish books out at the time, Hitler 
Esta Vivo. The United States expedition arrived and landed in Antarctica and with them the latest in military gear and gadgets. So you see, it was a warfare military operation at that time. This isn't new to the United States or Great Britain. Bases were established and quickly expanded. Now, after they set up their bases and set up their equipment, the instruments went totally haywire. The performance gauges, the aldometers behaved in a most erratic manner, causing Admiral Byrd to abort the flight and return to his base on visual controls. The aldometers weren't working and he couldn't fly airplanes over there. It has been reported by papers and sources previously mentioned here that Admiral Byrd had located the secret Nazi base and was approaching it when an incident took place and he had to abandon the flight and some of his planes went down. He duplicated, he saw duplicated and was warned about Hitler being there in a new Burster's garden called Hitler's Shangri-La. Now it says that 48 hours after he located some of these bases, four of Admiral Byrd's planes were lost some without a trace, others without any survivors. Admiral Byrd hastily abandoned all his efforts and disembarked all his force and came home. And it was Forrestal who greeted Admiral Byrd when he returned from that trip in Antarctica. I have several books on Forrestal. One is The Death of James Forrestal by Coral Simpson. They describe it as a murder mystery, not fiction. The murder of the first Secretary of Defense uh, James Forrestal. This book came out in, let me see if I have the year here, it, by Cornell Simpson, Western Islands publisher. I didn't write down the date that that was published. I'll have to give that to you next week if you want. They said this murder was the overwhelming result of assassination plot, and it, it goes into how he fell out of the hospital at Bethesda, Maryland on an alleged suicide but they concluded it was a clear case of murder. That's one book on Forrestal. Another one that I have, James Forrestal, A Study of Personality and Politics by Arnold Rogo, R-O-G-O-W, published in 1963, like Macmillan. May 22nd, 1949, James Forrestal, America's first Secretary of Defense, plunged to his death from the 16th floor of Bethesda Naval Hospital. He had been put in there for psychiatric treatment, and also when Bird came home, as I say, he was put in the hospital for other illnesses. I don't know what they called it. They described him as an intellectual uh, uh, poser, expert on Wall Street and big business. He worked with the power elite. Forrestal had rejected Catholicism and converted. It's a story of his biography, the controversies of Forrestal, and his death, building up to his death at Bethesda Naval Hospital, and considering the links of um, Admiral Byrd and the secret papers to the Secretary of Navy, because Byrd was an admiral, and Forrestal, he was Secretary of Defense, rather, he had to report to him, and tragedies and secrets followed everything that Byrd set out to do. He set out to find the answer to some questions and all of his machinery went astray and planes went down and bodies weren't found. And he gave an opinion of what was happening and warned about World War III down there, that World War II never ended. And then the fellow that he reported to was dead and Forrestal had been put in a hospital. The Washington Post had an article this week 
or just last week, March 30th, Reagan backs Antarctica study. Would you believe that's a news story? President Reagan has affirmed his administration's commitment to conduct scientific research in Antarctica with other Antarctica treaty signers. Do you have any idea of the budget the United States has mailed down to Antarctica since World War II? If you go to the uh, bookstores, the federal government bookstores, such as on Golden Gate in San Francisco or the government printing offices, get the back literature. I have it in my files, a lot of it, on books available to Antarctica. The building there, the shipping there, the money going there, the equipment going there. The United States hasn't let a hunk of ice sit there with a bunch of penguins on it and pretending we don't know what's going on there. This has been a place that is going to be more in the news. We've built it up and built it up, and now the chickens are coming home to roost, and I hope you're ready. Reagan asked the National Science Foundation to continue a budget for, to manage the Antarctica program. Can you imagine anything so asinine or insulting as if it hasn't been going on continuously and all that area is charted out and mapped there's the Rockefeller Plateau. There's the Hitler area. Get your maps on Argentine and, and Antarctica and how close it is to Argentine and see what's really going on. But the real issue goes back to what Admiral Byrd saw and wrote about that is locked up in the archives. The truth of what's going to come out of there is what's locked up that we haven't yet been allowed to see. Now, last week on this program, I talked about the confrontation down at the Falkland Islands. I referred to books on the UFO, the Nazi secret weapons, the activity down there, and the uh, lining up of Alexander Haig, in particular, where his loyalties are. Yeah, well, this is pretty cool, eh? Yeah, she, she's going off on, onto other tangents now, so... Yeah, I just didn't want to give her a bit of a plug and a play. Imagine you are a... Uh, what's this one? Ah, yeah, I've saved a couple of things here that are to do with the, with the broadcast whistleblower. There are technologies in the South Pole, but I think that's the same dude that I actually had up before. South Pole Secret Weapons. That's another one that I've done as well. I've pretty much... Uh, ex-Marine Dave, yeah, we've done him right up the beginning, so I've pretty much covered most of the, I think, the things about it. Invading, um, we'll have a quick look at this one if it loads, um, and we won't have much more time anyway. Let's see how this little sucker goes. Come here. Um, what have we got? Oh, yeah, we still got half an hour. Ah, oh, it's this dude. Oh, shit. Yeah, I already played it. Got it, yeah. Another one here is... Exploring... Okay, this is Exploring the South Pole. But, um... That's a book. It's a booker. Bloody hell. Somehow I've double double posted a lot of things. There's one with um John Vikanko has been a professional 
remote viewer for over 25 years and has gained highly accurate results that have both um, pleased corporate government clients but also antagonised government agencies that did not wish a successful civilian remote viewing organisation to exist. He has conducted hundreds of remote viewing projects on classified topics such as underground bases, extraterrestrial life, and inner earth civilizations. So remote viewing underground bases is where he goes, but he um, goes off a little bit onto his own tangent about other things more than the South Pole. I got this one from 1957. It's Aviator Admiral Richard Byrd interview. Now, this is a different one, I think. The area of land as big as the United States discovered. And that's the last one I've got on my list that I can play here. Ah, yep. I've already done that. Oh, yeah, yeah. I've already done that. All right, so what I'm going to do, I'm going to end it. Actually, there was one more that I had in here. Um, I put it in there today. Uh, where are you, you little monkey? Yeah. Uh, where are you? Go down to the bottom. Oh, I didn't. It wasn't long, long ago, actually. I come across another one. It doesn't go for very long at all, actually. Ah, uh, uh, didn't have the. Oh, here we go. The pyramids. Are there pyramids in Antarctica? This is yeah, right. We can fill this one in. This would be great. I forgot. Yeah, just remembered I had it. Okay. Have a listen to this. They're a lot bigger than the ones in the super mega Egypt. Like they make the one in Giza, the Great Pyramid. The pyramids down there are a lot they're a lot bigger than the oh. ones in the super megalithic like they make the one in, at giza the great pyramid look like uh you know a, 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 a buggy a dune buggy i mean these things are super massive do you know anything about them no there's not a lot there's only a couple things we know like one of the pyramids is two kilometers by two kilometers by two kilometers by two kilometers of base oh, wow. okay the height is just, you know, it's massive. It's just, it's, it's way up there. Like, you know, it's in the thousands of feet. But also, one former military person that was a, um, a, uh, a source for Linda Moten Howe, this was on a documentary she was in. She said that that source told her, after going down there for research, I guess in private security, that it was still emitting some type of exotic energy which is pretty interesting because that was the second time I heard a statement like that. This, the first time was on a documentary that came on Discovery Channel about the Bermuda Triangle where they found those pyramids off the coast of Cuba down there, right, which is clearly scanned. Everybody knows that they, they exist. But this guy was taking a little, he would get off the boat and take like a dinghy out to float to the center area, and he said the same thing. Some type of exotic energy was draining his batteries on his cameras. He had to do try it three times to get this thing recorded properly. He said exotic energy. And what's interesting is if you take 
um, a perfect line and draw it from the tip of the Bermuda Triangle, the center of the Bermuda Triangle, straight through the Earth, you come out at the Yonaguni Pyramid at the Dragon's Triangle in Japan, which is also rumored to have uh, disappearances and exotic energy and all this other crazy stuff. So in some way, these pyramid structures around the world are all linked with potentially portals of some type or energetic portals. Yeah, what a trip, eh? Yeah, I've got another one in here. I'll just have a quick look. I remember there was two there. I'm sure there was another one. I'm sure there was another one. Come here, you little rascal. Liquefying deal. Ah, yeah, we don't want to talk about that. Oh, man, i got a lot for my next show. Bloody hell. Look at this. I've got a lot lined up here. Yep. Right, um... Right, that is it. What I'm going to do is I'm going to end the, um, end the show. And, um, say adios amigos. And, um, have a coffee break, I guess you could call it. And, um, yeah, just roll into the, to the night of maybe a later broadcast in a couple of hours. Something like that, you know. Sort of mulve into the situation being a Saturday night all these other aspects well I hope you got something out of it guys I guess I will catch this all on next episode Antarctica and beyond thanks for joining guys I had a ball yeah